My name is Al Getz, and this is Wrestling History Mysteries. This month, we look at three different wrestlers who used the ring name Eddie Sullivan at various times in various places, and in particular, we are going to try to chart their paths through different territories in the year 1973. We will look at what's listed for them on Wrestling Data and Cage Match and offer up proof that in some cases, what's listed on those sites is incorrect. What's interesting about this case is that I'm not going to be able to completely solve it. While I hope to solve as many of these database mysteries as I can, it's important to know that there will be times where I can't quite get a definitive answer. So to start, let's briefly look at the three Eddie Sullivans. First up is a man by the name of Edward Montemayor, who wrestled from the early 50s through the mid-70s. He used ring names including Eddie Montemayor, Tito Montez, and Eddie Sullivan. He is most associated with the Arizona Territory, but also had several stints in Portland, East Texas, and the McGurk Territory. Next up is Ruben Huizar, H-U-I-Z-A-R. Ruben turned pro in the mid-60s, starting his career in Arizona under his real name. Later moving to Gulf Coast and Nick Goulis later in the decade, he first teamed with Frank Morell as part of a masked team called the Mighty Yankees, and later used the ring name of Eddie Sullivan. He was a frequent tag team partner of Rip Tyler over the years, and the two toured Japan several times. The third Eddie Sullivan is believed to have actually been born with that name. He is reported to be from the Northeast, but his earliest known wrestling appearances were in the early 70s in Stampede as Eddie, or Ed, Sullivan. He also used the ring names of the Mongol and Diamond Jim Slade over the course of a brief career that ended in 1974. Now, let's look at where these three wrestlers were at the beginning of 1973. Tito Montez was wrestling in Arizona for Rod Fenton. It should be noted that the Arizona Territory appears to have been in its dying days around this point in time. Ruben Huizar's first known appearance in 1973 was in Gulf Coast on January 7th, and it appears he'd only been wrestling sporadically uh, dating back to the summer of 1972. The third Sullivan, who we will refer to as Jim Slade from here on out, was wrestling for Leroy McGurk as the Mongol. In mid-January, Jim Slade leaves McGurk and goes to Florida, where he teams up with Blackjack Slade. Both Cage Match and Wrestling Data agree on this, and a picture provided to me by Florida wrestling fan slash historian Pete Letterberg confirms that it's the same guy. After just a couple of weeks, though, it seems that Jim was not booked regularly in Florida. After January 27th, his next known appearance in the ring wasn't until February 22nd. On January 22nd, a wrestler named Eddie Sullivan starts in East Texas, working mostly in the prelims and staying through early March. Both Wrestling Data and Cage Match list this as Ruben Huizar. However, this is not the case. Huizar resumes a full-time schedule with Gulf Coast on February 5th. There are numerous occasions where Ruben is confirmed to be wrestling in Gulf Coast on the same nights that Eddie Sullivan is wrestling in Texas. So given that Jim Slade is confirmed to be in Florida for at least the first week that Sullivan is wrestling in Texas, that leaves Tito Montez as the only possible person it could be. Or does it? Tito is still listed on ads for shows in Tucson, Arizona through February 19th. 
Now, I should note we only have advertisements for the weekly shows in Tucson and no other towns in Arizona at this time. And since we don't have results, I can't confirm that Tito made these advertised bookings. On January 22nd, February 5th, February 12th, and February 19th, all of which are Mondays, Montez is advertised in Tucson, while Eddie Sullivan is not only advertised in Fort Worth, Texas, but results show that he actually wrestled on those cards. So is it possible Tito was falsely advertised for the Tucson shows? It is, of course, possible, but I don't think it's likely. While there are occasions where wrestlers are falsely advertised, it rarely happens several weeks in a row with the same wrestler. What we call false advertising is often the result of a wrestler getting injured or leaving the territory abruptly. Since ads are usually sent to the newspapers several days in advance of the show, things like this can happen. But for a wrestler to be repeatedly advertised for several weeks, you would think they would stop advertising him after the first non-appearance. And in the case of Tito... On February 19th in Tucson, he is advertised for a Texas death match against Ron Dupree. Major stipulations matches like that would almost certainly have been set up via previous match or angle. In addition, the rest of the Arizona crew in early February, which aside from Ron Dupree, also includes a few other wrestlers. Alpha and Sika are there. Um, one of the Von Steigers is there. And I can't place any of them in another territory at the same time. So it is quite possible these Arizona shows did go on, but we just can't prove whether or not Tito Montez was on them. But he might have been, which would mean that the Eddie Sullivan in East Texas could not have been him. Or does it? In a further attempt to solve this mystery, I reached out to a few folks to see if we could find programs from East Texas in 1973 where we might have a picture of Eddie Sullivan and perhaps even a description of him, such as his height, weight, hometown, or if he's billed as a bruising giant or a speedy lightweight, just any type of information that might help us figure out who he was. Brian Last found a picture from a Fort Worth program, and I must say, it looks quite a bit like Tito Montez. In fact, I posted that picture alongside a picture that I know is Tito Montez on Twitter and asked followers if they thought the two pics were of the same person. The majority of the responses were that they thought the two were the same person, but it wasn't unanimous. And while some people said they thought they were absolutely the same person, most said it probably was. Matt Farmer, who does a ton of historical research on the Northwest, as well as Mexico and numerous other places, told me that both of those pictures had been sent to him as part of a larger lot of Tito Montez photos. So again, that's another indication that the picture in the program might have been Tito. However, in the same program that Brian Lass found with the picture of Eddie Sullivan, there was also a description of Sullivan, and it refers to him first as a very determined and rugged newcomer, but also states he is bearded. Yet the picture of Sullivan, literally right below the sentence that states he's bearded, shows him without a beard. It's also worth noting that Tito wrestled previously in East Texas. In 1967, he wrestled there as Tito Montez. It's definitely not unheard of for a wrestler to use a different ring name several years later in the same territory, but it is unusual. However, Montez had actually done that even earlier, because between 1957 and 1961, he wrestled in East Texas as Eddie Montemayor. Then in 1967, he wrestled there as Tito Montez. So he'd already used two ring names in the same territory. It's not out of the question. He added a third one several years later. 
But there's still the matter of the Tucson bookings. Without further information on whether or not those shows happened, I can't state beyond a reasonable doubt that the Eddie Sullivan in East Texas was Tito Montez. We have a picture, and it kind of looks like Tito Montez. Plus, we can absolutely exclude Ruben Huizar and Jim Slade, but it's still a question mark. In fact, it might come out at some point with further info that there was actually a fourth Eddie Sullivan. But let's focus on the three we know, and let's go back to Jim Slade. Jim wrestled briefly in Florida, and the next place he shows up in is in Gulf Coast, where he wrestled as the Mongol. Gulf Coast records are extremely incomplete on wrestling data and cage match, but I personally have amassed a large number of house show clippings from the territory in the early 70s and can state that the Mongol was there full-time from mid-March through at least November. In addition to my house show clippings, I also have several years' worth of info from the Alabama Wrestling Commission. And right as the Mongol starts in Gulf Coast, and Ed Sullivan is granted a wrestling license by the commission. And since we previously stated that Jim Slade slash the Mongol's real name likely was Eddie Sullivan, this helps confirm his identity. Additionally, pictures I have of the Mongol in Gulf Coast are clearly the same person as the picture of Jim Slade from Florida that Pete Letterberg had sent me. Now let's go back to Tito Montez. Over the summer, there are sporadic ads for shows in Arizona, and Tito is listed on most of these, so it's fair to say he's wrestling in Arizona between May and September. In October, Tito goes to Portland, wrestling as Tito Montez and staying there through much of 1974. That leaves Ruben Huizar. As we stated earlier, Ruben was working regularly in Gulf Coast beginning in early February. He's teaming up with Rip Tyler, and in late February, Tyler and Sullivan both leave Gulf Coast, and the team of Rip Tyler and Eddie Sullivan debut in the McGurk territory. Here's where things get very wonky with wrestling data in particular, because wrestling data says that the Eddie Sullivan wrestling for McGurk at this time was both Tito Montez and Jim Slade, with most of the match listings credited to Slade, but some to Tito. Recall that Slade is absolutely in Gulf Coast at this time, and we can exclude him. Now, going back to Tito... Tito had wrestled for McGurk previously using the ring name of Eddie Sullivan, so I can understand why somebody might have thought it was him. But the fact that this Sullivan is teaming with Rip Tyler is a major clue that it's actually Ruben, because they were a regular tag team in several places over the years. Second, the timing of when Ruben and Rip left Gulf Coast to come here lines up perfectly. Additionally, I have a program from the McGurk territory at this time that has an article on Tyler and Sullivan coming in, and the accompanying picture is clearly Ruben. Due to all of this evidence, I can state to a virtual certainty that it was Ruben Huizar. Now, Tyler and Sullivan, Ruben, finish up in McGurk at the end of May and return to Gulf Coast, with their last known booking from McGurk being on May 30th. What's interesting is that their first appearance back in Gulf Coast was on May 17th. In looking at all of the house show records I have, Tyler and Sullivan were actually bouncing back and forth between the two territories for about two weeks, working in Shreveport and Baton Rouge for McGurk, and also working in Alabama and the Florida Panhandle for Gulf Coast. There are no instances where they're booked both for McGurk and Gulf Coast on the same night. So while they're doing a bunch of traveling, it's nothing worse than what many wrestlers did over the years. In fact, uh, a lot of the wrestlers who worked for McGurk, given the size of that territory, had similar long drives at this time. Now, Tyler and Sullivan stay in Gulf Coast through August. 
Earlier in the year, they had met Dean Silverstone when Dean came to the area to scout talent for the promotion he was going to start in Washington State later in the year. The two started with Dean on his very first TV taping in early September. Eddie, slash Ruben, would stay in Washington for over two years, while Rip only actually stayed a few weeks. So there you have it. We almost were able to track to a certainty the movements of the three Eddie Sullivans throughout 1973. But one lingering question mark remains. The identity of the Eddie Sullivan working in Texas. Described as bearded, but shown in a photo without a beard. And that photo looks a lot like Tito Montez, and could be Tito Montez, but Tito Montez may or may not have been wrestling in Arizona at the time. But we also were able to find a couple of instances where wrestling data and cage match got it wrong. And they would have gotten away with it too, if it wasn't for that meddling Al Getz. Thanks for listening to the second episode of Wrestling History Mysteries. If anybody listening has some additional originally sourced evidence that hasn't been discussed that can help us figure out who the Eddie Sullivan in East Texas was, please let me know. You can reach me via Twitter at Al Getz Wrestling. That's Al G-E-T-Z Wrestling. To be the first to know when new episodes are available, subscribe now wherever you find your favorite podcasts and at chartingthepodcast.com. Wrestling History Mysteries is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network.